Welcome to another instalment of the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast, where we speak to leaders within the gaming industry to discuss passions and challenges. My name's Sol, I'm your host today. Uh, I am an art and design freelance consultant working at Evolution over in the UK, and I have an incredible human being here with me today. Frey, do you want to introduce yourself, please? Incredible human being. You're too kind, Saul. Uh, thanks for the opportunity on being here. I'm, I'm Frey, Federico Machado, and uh, right now I'm working as talent position manager at Jaeger. Nice, thank you, Frey. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So we're here at the the Jaeger office over in Berlin. Um, Unfortunately, not the best weather today, so if there are any thunderclaps, apologies in advance. Uh, But we're here to talk about all things Jaeger today. I'm really looking forward to the episode. Um, Ray, could you give us a bit of a background, first of all, I suppose, on, you know, who Jaeger are as a development studio and, and, you know, what you guys do? Sure, sure. Um, I like to call Jaeger kind of a, the original uh, game AAA games development studio here from Germany. So we've been around for for a long time now. Uh, next year we're going to be uh, celebrating our twenty fifth anniversary. And and yeah, Jaeger is a, a founders led uh, studio, which is part of Tencent Group since summer twenty twenty one. And, and yeah, we love making those games where uh, people who experience them uh, can't wait to tell their friends about it. So that's, that's our mission. And I uh, must say as well that we're, we're kind of fans on, on the extraction shooter genre nowadays. Uh, I mean, in one way, uh, I like to see ourselves as uh, pioneers into, into this kind of genre and 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 yeah, try to transform it and always meet players' expectations. Yeah, which is you know <laughs> easier said than done. Totally, totally. I mean, it's 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 a ambitious uh, mission uh, in one way or another. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I've spoken to a few of you guys at, at Jaeger over the past few months, and uh, you're a very uh, amazing group of people that are definitely dedicated, definitely very driven, and um, I think in an industry like the gaming industry, it's. Uh, well appreciated uh, sometimes people ask me like hey w- what do you like the most about Jaeger and I always find myself kind of in the cliche answer for that but yeah the people of Jaeger I think it's the best mm-hmm. of the company mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a great company for sure uh, for yourself Ray have you known all your life that you wanted to get into gaming to be honest um, I've always been a gamer yeah but um, I come from Brazil, right? So, and, and in Brazil, we, we don't have such a mature game development market uh, for itself. Of course, it's it's a, a really important region and community when it comes to games, but 
when it comes to the industry, it's, it's not quite as we have in the United States, in Europe, and, and, and many other countries across the world. So I've, I've dreamed about the possibility of kind of being in an environment and working in an environment which I feel that I'm part of. And as I said, I, I, I see myself as a gamer, I identify as, as a geek, as a nerd. Uh, and, and back in 2014, uh, I feel in one way that I was pretty lucky to start working with a video game company, which was the beginning of my journey into the markets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, from my experience of working in the gaming industry also, it, it adds that extra shine to what you do and um, especially when it's such a passion for, for us. I mean, in my personal life and for in my entire life, I've, I've played a lot of games, lost a lot of hours to it, but got a lot of joy out of it. Or invested a lot of hours. Yeah, invested. <laughs> <some word. laughs> That's what I was telling my mom when I was like very young and then it paid off, paid off. Yeah, yeah, it's all about your paradigm, thinking about it. Um, but just being able to uh, surround yourself on your sort of career side of things with things that you enjoy outside of work is, I think, a, a good recipe for you know just personal success in many ways. And um, yeah, I think for, for myself, definitely, um, being able to implement like, gaming into my work mm. and kind of changed my my. My working life, my my happiness, yeah, for sure. A lot of things um, were going in a positive direction, for sure. After moving into it, so um, similar, echoed by yourself. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think games was not only a lifestyle for me, but uh, as well and a place where I was developing like skills and competencies. I mean, like problem solving, collaboration, um, communication with others. Uh, you're, you're, games was always there to to help me like get in touch with these these stuff and maybe not in a conscious way in the beginning but nowadays i i see all of these hours that i've invested in gaming really pay off in a, in a nice way mm -hmm. yeah it's nice to have a shared passion as well with the people that you work with oh yeah sure. which is pretty easy actually when you think about it now i mean how uh, being motivated to towards what you do for work is really important, right? Like motivated, engaged, and for us gamers, uh, I mean, when the subject is, uh, in fact, that it's 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 kind of the hunger with the need of eating, being together at the same place, right? So there's no, it, it makes it like kind of easy and, and natural for you to to have that engagement, that motivation. Mm -hmm. So from uh, when you got into gaming for the first time, talk me through how that led to where you are today at Jaeger. Cool. So, as I said, um, I'm from Brazil, and and my career kind of started as as a traditional headhunter. I started working for oil and gas and and and, and construction, which, to be honest, not really my cup of tea. I'm not an engineer, and and and, and you guys already know that I'm a gamer. Um, but I decided to to start making this movement into trying to find that tribe that that my people. So I was making this shift into entertainment, uh, digital entertainment and technology, which then um, I had the privilege to start working with an American video game company, which led me into uh, like almost seven years of a journey with them. So it was a, an amazing school. Uh, I've learned a lot. We've managed to do a lot of things together when it comes to esports and publishing management. 
Um, so, so yeah, it was kind of a dream job at that time. But um, me and my partner, we always had the dream of an international experience. I mean, today it's much more an international life, I must say. I think it was one of the best decisions in our lives to move from, from Sao Paulo, Brazil to Berlin. And, and here I was really asking myself, like, is it possible for me to continue in the video game industry? And in fact, I pursue that because uh, coming from Brazil, a place where you don't have a lot of opportunities to be working with games, uh, I found myself in Europe again, way um, more, how can I put this? I mean, a, a greener field when it comes to, to gaming opportunities, uh, to, to gaming, gaming career. And I'm pretty happy that I ended up finding Jaeger and, and they were looking for a talent acquisition manager as well. So, so after, after a long process, uh, I've, I've managed to join the team and I'm, I'm happy to be turning one year, my first anniversary in July. So, so yeah, I'm excited to be here. Beautiful. It's the story of soulmates. It always brings a tear to my eye. Well, um, so we've got some really interesting topics lined up today. And That's we're going to talk about, we're going to cover a few areas, um, mainly to do with Jaeger and the culture hit. Um, we'll go into a little bit about the actual talent um, and also a little bit about the uh, what goes into behind the scenes of, of creating these 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 games. So, um, yeah, our first question, Phil, let's jump straight into it. With the rapid growth and evolution of the gaming industry, how does Jaeger stay adaptable and innovative? What do you think? Well, Jaeger has been developing games for a long time, and um, I think there are several aspects that are connected to our ability to adapt and innovate in the video game market. Let me try to outline a couple of those aspects that I think are key when it comes to Jaeger's culture. So the first one is embrace a growth mindset. At Jaeger, we do foster a culture that embraces learning and development as a core thing. Um, by valuing curiosity and, and humbleness, we ensure that we have that for thinking and, and adaptable environment and, and one way or another. The second point would be a little bit onto agile development methodologies. I mean, we've been operating with Agile Mindset since our second game, if, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was like 2012. So we have at least 10 years of legacy learning and evolving on our approach to making games. So I think this as well is a really important part when it comes to adaptability and, and, and innovation. The two other points, uh, one it's kind of as well core to, to Jaeger that is our continuous investment in tech and tools. So Jaeger consistently invests in cutting edge technology uh, to enhance our development process and enable our efficient scaling on the projects. For example, it's just, we have a really close relationship with Unreal Engine. We've been working with, with, with them for 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 more than 18 years and not only working sometimes even giving talks on the real engine so it's it's we, we we're really proud to say that that we we know a lot about that engine and and 
for many studios is is the engine uh, to really help you make the kind of games that are really immersive and 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 game changer. Um, the last point, I think it's kind of connected to our collaborative partnerships. So since, since I got into since we got into Unreal Engine, I, I must mention that Jaeger is always seeking collaborative partnerships with these technology providers, but also with other studios and publishers. Uh, we've, we've done co-development. We are doing co-development nowadays as well. And, and I think this is, this is a great way for you to, um, just learn new stuff and, and, and enable this knowledge sharing, which fosters in a natural way, an environment of innovation and adaptability. Cool. Cool. So, uh, Let's move on to talking a little bit about talent, right? Um, so we'll split this up into three, but I'll ask the question anyways. Cool. What strategies and initiatives do Jaeger employ to attract, retain, and foster a diverse workforce? And how does this contribute to the overall culture of the studio? There's a lot to dive into there. So like I say, we'll, we'll break that up a little bit. So in terms of attracting talent, um, Frey, I would imagine, hopefully, this is your bread and butter, uh, <laughs> how do you approach it to uh, really be most effective and get, I suppose, the best results? So, yeah, I, I need to be careful here not to to give or say things that I can't say. I mean, um, let me try to raise the the flag of employer branding, right? And and a part of employer branding is on how do you attract people that are how, how do you get people to know who Jaeger is? And I, I'm not talking here about Jaeger. I'm not talking about the Cyber Frontier. I'm not talking about Spec Ops Line. I'm not talking about Dreadnought. These are our games. And of course, we want to have a brand plan and a brand positioning for them. But another thing is, okay, who is Jaeger as a company? And and attracting, you can have many different strategies to that. For me, it's ideal for you to have a clear understanding of what is your mission and what does your brand stand for. Nowadays, we've been working relentlessly to figure out how do we want to communicate this new Jaeger. And I, what I mean by new Jaeger is, if we look at our history, uh, we, we have 24 years of, of, of story. And, and, and I'm here for only one year, right? So... Um, but I can assure you, I, I really feel that we are starting a second chapter of, of this company, like the next 20, 30, 40 years. And for that to happen, we need to have a clear understanding on what does the brand want to tell people. In a simple way, if I can give this spoilers, sorry, sorry, Nora, sorry, sorry, bosses, uh, don't, don't, don't fire me, but. For me, Jaeger, it's kind of anchored into three pillars. One is market legacy, experience. We have a lot of that. We've been around for many, many years and we've learned a lot and we've been successful in, in, in many uh, stuff that we've done in the past. Second is the, the modern approach. So it's really relying on cutting edge, cutting edge, really good technology and, and again, continuing working with Unreal Engine and, and a lot into that space. And last not least is ambition. 
we really want to do big things and it may sound a little bit ambitious too ambitious but but Jaeger is here to become one of the most desired video game companies to work in the world and I hope soon you will everyone who is listening here gonna know why almost feels like we're gonna end it there but we will <laughs> keep going uh, what about in terms of retention of these people once we've got them um yeah retention is always a very strategic topic for us because not only for for every single company uh i mean if, if we talk to any any company we know that the higher investments are always related to people uh um one of the worst things that you can do is hire someone who doesn't work out and they leave after like six months or, or I don't know, maybe a year. And and we don't want that. We want to hire people who want to really join us to, to the long ride and to really do great things with us and, and really live solid, good cycles with us. So um, I'm pretty proud to say that retention at Yeager is, is, is a, one of our strong points. We not only have still the five founders uh, uh, working with us, we continue to be a founders-led company. So we're talking about at least 24 years of tenure, uh, but we as well have people who worked with us for 10 years and then they left to, as a natural cycle to, to their next steps on their careers and then they learn more and they stayed like for two, three years outside of Jaeger and then they came back. So... I mean, I don't think maybe today I will be able to tell you why these people came back, but but it is a really good sign. I'm not talking about one case. I'm talking about several. So, so yeah, we've been doing a couple of stuff really right and good. I think one essential thing for us to be able to retain people is... Um, alongside ambition there's a lot of humbleness and i think humbleness is really important for you to continuously learn and adapt to being successful to our mission which is again making great games to the community so so yeah retention is is really important and we're going to continue to be looking to the numbers and try to build programs and and, and initiatives that yeah, just make it that. That's it. And thirdly, about fostering it. So now that we've kept them, how do we make sure that we get the best out of these people? And how do we really help them realize their potential? I mean, it may be easy to retain people who are very similar to us. And what I, where I want to go is we've, we've been relentlessly working to build a culture that is inclusive. And I'm saying inclusion before diversity because I truly believe that without inclusion, you, you can't operate in a diverse way. People need to feel safe. Need People need to be heard um, to be able to be themselves and, and naturally um, bring their perspective to the table in a very valuable way. So we've been, for example, uh, partnering with um, recruitment experts, which uh, 
are experts on 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 the topic on inclusion and diversity so we can learn from them and then foster and bring again um network and and knowledge to be able to continuously continue to build really these these di- diverse teams and and again guaranteeing that that we have an inclusion an inclusive culture secondly we've we've, we've been bringing Jaeger into events that are focused on that. So for example, last last semester, we had our head of people um, giving a talk in uh, women in tech and design. There was uh, um, uh, this, this, this kind of, kind of a meetup that was organized by another company. So um, of course, again, I don't think this is, there is a solution for this topic. It's not something that we're going to solve and 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 from from one year to to another. It's it's a topic that we need to year by year set new commitments and set new goals so we continue to improve and to really building this kind of place that that people can be themselves. Yeah, it's important, isn't it? Because the industry is always changing and it's really quick. Um, I mean, it ties me on to my next question, but I just think it's quite important, as you mentioned, Nancy, to remain innovative as much as possible. Um, and especially in the gaming industry, right? Mm. 12 months could go by and old processes, if you can even call 12 month old processes old. I've been here for a year. Yeah. It feels like I joined yesterday. <laughs> it's really, really intense, fast paced. And, and if, if you don't, if, if you just blink in, in a way, it's like time flies by. For sure, for sure. And um, yeah, as, as we say there from day by day, the gaming industry changes all the time. And you, you, you can't be left behind, so you have to um, just to stay afloat. Um, but on that, how does Jaeger navigate these challenges of the industry, the fast-paced environment, the constant technology changes? How do you navigate these challenges to ensure that your teams are equipped with the necessary skills and the resources to stay towards the front? I mean, I think that, I think, the answer in way is kind of in the question. So it's it's really about equipping your people and helping them really upskill and reskill, right? I think these are like the very on the spotlight topics nowadays. How 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 do we help our teams adapt into the new technologies? You have the revolution of AI nowadays, right? It's like many companies like using that or not using that. But again, I don't think it's something that came to it's not going away, right? So I think we need to learn from it and, and need to try to understand again, how does that help us rather than destroy things that we value uh, and, and that we want to continue doing. So it kind of touches in one of our values, passion and growth, right? So, so at Jaeger, we do foster a continuous learning and development mindset from a practical like point of view. Like every full-time employee is entitled to an annual budget so they can learn and improve their skills. Of course, all of this is needs to be aligned with your manager because it needs to have relevance and, and needs to be connected to what you're doing uh, at Diego at, at this moment. But but not only that, I mean, this also includes providing access to tailor-made training programs that are based on our um, engagement surveys that we have annually. We're hearing the people. We're trying to understand where they miss something or where they want to improve. So uh, the people team is committed into really supporting that. Workshops, even conferences, right? It's important to be out there and and 
so people can be updated into what are industry trends and technologies. So again, it, 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 it really refers into one of our core values, that is passion and growth. How, how do you really commit and make yourself responsible for your own growth and, and we're, we're, we're creating the opportunities and the infrastructure for that. But we need to hire and have people who are going to commit into navigating that journey. You mentioned about the people team now. Can I just learn a little bit more about, about who they are? It's quite interesting. I mean, we have a, well, I love my people team. Uh, I've, since day one, they've been, they've been so caring and, and, and worried for, for me to feel included and part of this team, uh, just, just as a curiosity. I mean, um, all the other team, uh, people team members are, are German. And I'm the only one who is from Brazil. So, and I don't speak German still, still yet. I think the word that I need to put there is yet. So, I mean, we, we have, we had a, a head of people. Uh, we have a couple of other folks who are working much more into the operations uh, side of people and culture. And we also have people who are focused on performance management um, and learning development. We are slowly growing and and bringing the value into that as i as i said before i, I truly believe we're starting a new big chapter of Jaeger's story and having a strong people in culture team is essential for us to be able to do that mm -hmm. yeah because that's where everything else is going to come from right that's the core and it spreads out from there i mean many companies have these kind of player focus or player experience or we focus on our community Jaeger's employees are my players so so I need to shift that mindset and see like hey how do I take care of these people how do I I like build systems and 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 and, and good foundation so they can navigate into topics that are not their bread and butter I mean uh, so like I, I do time position like every single day. So for me, it's, it's, it's easy to jump into an interview and I don't know, just, just get the best out of it and, and, and find the, the information that I need, but not necessarily other folks that are not from time position can do that easily. So how, how do I, how do I capacitate them? How do I train them? How do I, how do I empower them in a way that they can see this as, as easy as I can see it? I mean. It's it's a long ride. So it's 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 as I said, I think I think we are in the right path and there's a lot of things to to build and a lot of exciting things. Yeah, and uh yeah, I think humans are very complex individuals, aren't they? And um it's that vision and getting a whole variety of different people, diverse people, mm -hmm. people with different ways of thinking and different backgrounds to buy into the same vision to all put their strengths and their efforts towards one final goal um yeah i mean it's it's easy said than done um but it's definitely uh something that could be very powerful right if stayed in the right direction i would rather work with a an amazing team and a mediocre idea or i know product because i truly believe that this team is going to transform that rather than working in a mediocre team with an amazing idea or for sure they're gonna break that or don't necessarily get the best out of it mm -hmm. yeah and it 
we've spoken about already the, the agile mindset you guys have, have more than adopted here um and the growth mindset you have as well the people team is 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 this something that's really fostered as well sort of regular reviews catch-ups exploring different ways of doing things and creating it one core thing of our culture as well is it's feedback right it's one of my favorite topics as well so and and I truly believe that through a good feedback culture, you can accomplish really amazing things. And but it's not an easy thing. I mean, I think feedback starts by 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 concept, right? So what is feedback? Or like how how do we understand feedback for, for its definition? And then we go to the next level, which is um, what is the feedback cycle? When are the moments that we're going to exercise and really engage into to these uh, methodologies and processes for feedback? I'm really aiming us for get to get to the next level. That is feedback as a mindset, as a culture. There's no like specific time or moment or window that you can request and give feedback. In fact, is if you accomplish something and and you want to get perspective and visibility and validation, uh, you should be requesting feedback at that time. So the people team is accountable and responsible for building the the structure, the infrastructure to enable that and to train people into how to best use that. So, I mean, as I said, humbleness as well is a very important aspect into that. Otherwise, people will not feel safe to request feedback. I mean, I know, I know many people who've been into places that are not safe for you to be, I know, creating evidence that is going to sustain that you're not performing. I mean, for some people, that's the natural reaction. It's not quite thing here, here. Yeah, d- feedback's really complex, actually. Um, when you delve into it, because there's there's definitely two sides to it. There's giving, there's an art to giving the feedback. Oh well, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's also an art to receiving it. I think as well. I, I'm so for, for the many years that I've been working with feedback and learning different approaches and techniques. Uh, if I could give, if I could move myself into giving advice to people here, is um, I think everyone should master the art of requesting feedback because this way you're going to be as a consequence one being recognized as someone safe to to get feedback as well you're going to exercise your vulnerability muscle as well so you're going to learn on how to assess your emotions and your feelings when for example a piece of feedback is constructive right um also i think Beside these two consequences, there are many others, but but again, it's it's it can be weaponized. And that's why I see still many places resisting to it or not knowing how to use it and then and then and the backlashes. Um that's why I always say before jumping into, hey, can I give you some feedback? It's like, hey, look at yourself ask for some feedback and, and, and then make sure on how to process that feedback, put it into action, 
learn something, follow up with your peers, and then afterwards it becomes a kind of a vicious cycle. Because, yeah, it's all about getting perspective, information, and evolving. When someone gives you feedback, it's because they care about you. For the worse that the feedback is, and sometimes it can be delivered in a very bad way. Well, yeah, I think it's important, like you said, that humble culture you've got here to, to remain grounded and to kind of have dignity with yourself and, and the vulnerability as well. Um, of course, it's great to to understand that you, you can be great, but it's also, there's a balancing act with that, that you're not almost deluded when, of course, humans aren't perfect. And that's that, again, it's pretty interesting to, when we talk about feedback, we use the verb to be. And it's kind of a statical verb, which defines us on who we are. And feedback is not about who we are. It's about how we've been perceived in a certain moment. And that doesn't define us. I mean, I've, maybe I did some bad things in the past. I can learn from that and then change. How am I being perceived in a specific point? So here we are always pushing into that. Hey, this is not about who you are. It's about a specific situation and how that situation impacted you and the team that you collaborate with. And then how we move forward. How do we build a plan into either mitigating or to doing more? Don't get me wrong here. I'm a big fan of positive feedback. I think it should be treated as well as constructed feedback and the natural reaction to good feedback is like ah thanks and uh, the usual tap in your back oh good job like sorry my my but what the fuck right so we should be again taking good feedback as serious as constructive because it's showing people on where they can where they are good and and why they should do more of that definitely ties into uh we've probably covered a lot of the next topic but i mean it's a it's a podcast in itself it's a whole talking point the whole feedback culture studio culture <laughs> uh, just to dive into it a little bit more and i think based on the fact that we, we we've spoken so much about you know potentially the way that we operate with others in the company maybe something about your values as a company and, and mm. how individuals you know, carry themselves on a day-to-day living these values that the company has. Um, so Jaeger has a strong track record of creating immersive and narrative gaming experiences. So let's talk a little bit about the studio's culture and the values you have and the, the influence that can have over the development process. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, how that can contribute to success, let's say. That's a cool one. I mean, well, um, I mean, I think it's important for us to nurture certain cultural aspects like creative freedom for example this is really important for us how do we create moments that that people can not just just bring their ideas bring their perspective without like a right or wrong thing or like a judging point um this needs to be um, connected in one way to a player-centric design. This is another thing. Uh, I'm 35 years old right now. I'm, I'm, I'm an old gamer. I mean, if, if I wanted to make games, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not making games for the actual community that is actually consuming a lot of games nowadays. Maybe a, like a, a niche part of that, but but I mean, um, and, and we all tend to, I don't know, what we like is the, the good thing or the right thing to do. So we need to understand who, who are our players and, and, and who are we making the game for, right? And last but not least is this thing that I think it's, it's kind of particular about Jaeger, that is the emotional resonance. And, I mean, if, if you folks know, uh, if you folks who are listening have played Spec Ops line, I think you understand what I mean about emotional resonance. I mean, that really simulating those situations that really torns you apart into how to make a decision or or even on the psycho frontier which is like a very deep dark everything in the mouth wants to kill you and 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 i mean and that's what we're aiming we're trying to get people to connect with those feelings and emotions and then as a consequence kind of go out to their friends and just tell them about that because that's going to really create the kind of mechanism that that is really connected to our mission uh, we believe the best gameplay stories are those shaped by other places yeah yeah I, I think that's a really really important point to, to mention there that with gaming more than many industries it because it's so passion-driven and you have communities to please, not just a, a customer list, it's a fan base a lot of the time in gaming. Um, your community is not necessarily made up of people who have bought your game. We need to listen to the community. The game is for them, and if they tell you to go it's in a certain path, again, if it is again aligned with your company goals, you should go there. I think the community transforms the game. Even more if we're talking about a game as a service. I mean... I've worked in a company where they have a game that's been online for 12, 13 years now. The game is not the same as it was launched. It was shaped by the community. It was shaped by listening to the community and implementing those changes and, and bringing the kind of narratives and stories that the community wants to. I had a conversation today about this, um, about, you know, over, if you could even call it that, over analyzing before release what you believe your players want or potentially re releasing game earlier than you feel is right to, to getting that proper feedback more so than your user user experience can give you the, the, the community's review on it mm. um, and then shaping the game from there i mean there's difficulties of course that i can imagine will come with that you've got your own ideas and your own visions on how that game should be and are you trying to please them or we have a very strong BI team that is like uh, assessing data and, and to, to high levels so we can try to mitigate because bias is it's an unavoidable uh, in one way or another. So, but I don't want to take us into bias because it's another <laughs> another black hole topic. So, yeah, oh, yeah, just the 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 area of that is obviously. Um, Try to connect, like you said, with your community is, is, is such a key element for sure as a, just as a studio. And um, yeah, for sure, it's not easy. Emotions are in all aspects of connect, life. Connect, interact. You're not always going to please everyone. Yeah. Unfortunately, again, it's just, just 
be transparent, honest, and and connected. I mean, I think if you want to start from one place, start by listening to them. And uh, moving on to, uh, I suppose, our final topic, again, keeping with the, the culture thing um, and the way that you guys operate as a studio. So the gaming industry has seen a rise in remote work and in distributed teams. Of course, that's not just across Germany for you guys' sake. It can be different countries as well across the continent. Yeah. Uh, how has Jaeger adapted to the trend and what challenges and opportunities does remote working or hybrid working present for the studio's culture and the team dynamics? It's a really good one. And it's a, a, a topic that is really in the spotlight of the moment, right? I think it's not exclusive from for Jaeger that that we're trying to figure out what is what is this new normal, right? I think the pandemic hit us and 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 really forced us to to reflect on on how do we adapt to 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 this this whole new scenario. And I must say, I, I don't think Jaeger is gonna be ever the one hundred percent remote kind of company. But we're also not going to be the, hey, everyone, come back to the office kind of company as well. So we chose to, for now, go in the middle ground. And and the middle ground will present a lot of challenges. I mean, we recognize that. and and But not only we have the challenges, that also offers a lot of opportunities. Like, for example, I mean, tapping into larger talent pools uh, or it certainly enhances work-life balance and and promotes more flexibility for sure so we believe that for a, a, a hybrid working culture to be successful and possible and effective we need to really focus on implementing an effective communication strategy for everyone so we've been relentlessly asking ourselves what is the purpose of our office why do we want to meet so it's 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 not the same things that we used to for the past this is shifting this is changing and and today we have around 20% of our workforce 100% remote in in more than 10 different countries so we've been we've been creating infrastructure and enabling that possibility but but again we need to be as well aware of the challenges that that comes with it it's it's we talked about uh, this before jumping into into the podcast here so so i truly believe that it's really important for you to have trust as a base for your working relationships and I like to see trust as, as kind of a simple formula that is credibility, reliability, and intimacy. The first two is e- are easy for you to, to kind of build online. I mean, it's what you bring to the table is walking the talk. Now, intimacy, closeness, I mean, it's not that easy. I hate uh, happy hours online. I mean, I'm not the kind of person, but okay, I'm, 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 I'm gonna put myself in the spot here. I'm I'm an office boy. I like coming to the office, and but this is me. I totally understand as well. On there are other people who don't have the same kind of life situation that I do. So for them, it's way better for if they can. I don't know. Be 
three times a week at, at home so they can take care of other stuff. So, I mean, what I can guarantee is that we've been talking a lot about this and we've been trying and testing and trying to figure out different ways to make remote work inclusive and effective. I love the approach to it of, of, of why. Not just do it because it feels right or do it because that's the way that other people are doing it. It's yeah. it's why we're we actually doing that and putting it down on the table, writing it down, spreading it all out, going, well, what, I mean, what are the benefits and the, the bad things happen of this? Some people will, will, will crucify me by that, but I don't think we should like be measuring number of hours and, and performance. I mean, who, who was the person who said that 40 hours a week is the sweet spot for you to, to be working with Henry Ford. How, how long that was, I mean, a different reality than nowadays. So here at Jaeger, we have different contracts. We have people who are under a four day contract. We have others who are under the natural five days. And again, at the end, let's talk, let's discuss, let's try to understand, okay, what does the company needs and what does the, the employee can, can bring to the table so we can find the middle world. Mm -hmm. And from your understanding of it and the way you look at it, what are the, the benefits to, um, going inside? Cause I think I'll speak from a neutral perspective. I think from my understanding of the industry and the way it's going at the moment, um, it seems like the almost the after effect now of, of the COVID period. And it's almost like, um, yeah, remote working, we're all going to work fully remote now, or at least, you know, a lot of companies that didn't have that. I mean, from evolution where I work, no one used to work from home. And then mm -hmm. COVID, uh, introduced a one day at home working policy, um, which we do on a Fridays, but then it also introduced for some of the smaller teams, some of the people that have been there for a long time to yeah. have more days from home. And that's, obviously an effect of i think covid but then it seems like it's going for a lot of places i mean studios as well places you maybe would appreciate a lot of intimacy because of the shared passion it, it does seem to be reverting a little bit yeah um my question to you is you know what are the benefits of being in the studio and why potentially might be going that way i mean it's, it's, I'm, I'm not an expert on the subject, right? So, um, maybe, maybe here is me giving my personal opinion yeah, into it. Yeah, so that's what I want. I'm doubling down again into the intimacy part, yeah. uh, which is, I still feel that there is this kind of skin, like eye on eye. And, and it's, it's, it's totally different for you to be meeting someone in person rather than having like the, 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 the shield of comfortable seat like a monitor if something really i don't know nasty happens you just turn off the computer and and, and you're between inverted commas safe mm. so on on the other hand i mean again why do we have an office why do we want to meet do we want to do we want to create something do we want to do we want to align stuff do we want to decide on stuff uh I think there there is a clear necessity to try to define what kind of work activities are more effective while you are 
having your just home spot you don't need to have people and what are the kind of activities that are better are more efficient when you are face to face um let's let's take this maybe into a perspective of someone who is starting in a company fresh new i i, I must say i struggled a lot in my first six months and and it's not because i was not getting validation that I was doing a good job or 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 was i mean managing to deliver on 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 the expectations that were in me but i felt alone so i felt alone i, fe I felt I, i like i didn't have like that 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 coworker that peer that i could go into i don't know the coffee and just poke them and say like hey i just need some time to ventilate or i don't know what are you doing there i don't know just just that that quick it's it's i think we lose a little bit on the opportunities of the moment by by having those those kind of face to face interaction i mean as i said i love to go out to get grab a couple of beers with with, with some folks because we're building this closeness we're building this intimacy that is a really important part for the trust that we are building between each other um not going to do that online It's not anymore. I mean, only if it's mandatory. <laughs> Otherwise, I will avoid that. So, but it is just me. Yeah, yeah. I like beer, but there's something about having beer with uh, someone in person than over teams that is just start. Imagine doing this podcast like online because we're having it in person, right? You guys came here to the office, and I, I mean, I must say, I think it's it's way nicer this way. I think I think the result of it it's gonna be be better than if it was online. Sure, for sure. Um Fred, I think we've just about covered all of our topics there. So um yeah, I just want to say thank you very much for for taking the time to speak with us on the Evolution Exchange podcast today. Um I hope you enjoyed your time on it. Uh well I, I'm the one here to thank you, Saul and 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 of course extending my thanks into Uh, evolution gaming i mean we've been in touch for for some time now uh i i want to see this evolving uh and and yeah just i mean we're talking to the community right now maybe the next step is to listen on what they they thought about it a man of the people like i said at the beginning an amazing person and I, i'm sure the listeners can attest to that i was not wrong um yeah well To you listeners there, thank you very much for taking the time today to listen to the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast and a last thank you to Frey for oh, yeah. uh, taking part. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode and we look forward to welcoming you again very soon.